Hello again. This last week, the We Liked You First team held its first ever live event, performing the script Star-Crossed by Patrick Carlyle. For those of you who missed out on the fun or would like to experience it all over again, we recorded it so you can listen to it as many times as you like, or you can watch it on our new YouTube channel. Just look up We Liked You First. Don't forget to subscribe. Starcrossed was directed by McKenna Steele and Patrick Carlyle. The cast of Starcrossed included Connor Wood as William Shakespeare, Austin Jordan as Roger Milton, Sarah Yadakita as Henrietta Henslow, Logan Lindholm as Lord Arthur Westcombe, Ruth Call as Anne Hathaway, and Tanner Rolfs as John Milton and Henry Henslow. A very special thanks goes to our wonderful guest narrator, Jennifer Baker. Enjoy the performance. Act 1, Scene 1. Henry, a middle-aged nobleman with a stick, more like a branch, up his rear enters. He is followed closely by a dashing, idealistic young man named Roger. What could you possibly want to discuss? You received my letter. You were no longer permitted in my home. Sir, please forgive my intrusion, but this must be a mistake. Why am I being treated so? Does Henrietta know about this? Henrietta? It has been out of the goodness of my heart that I even allowed you to make eye contact with her after all these years. I have indulged in her relationship with you long enough. Sir, please don't do this. Don't argue with me anymore on this subject. My mind has been made up about this for some time now. I do not dawdle my time here with your daughter for mere eye contact, sir. Henry turns suddenly on Roger, fuming at what Roger could have possibly meant at more than eye contact. Now, what I meant, sir, what I meant to say is that I always intended on making Henrietta my bride. You marry my daughter? <laughs> of all the most absurd things that I have ever heard. But I love her. <laughs> what does love have anything to do with marriage? Besides, I have found my daughter a far better suitor. You have? Who? Arthur Westcombe enters. He is a man of regal elegance and slow wit, but don't let that fool you. He can be quite calculating. He stands behind Roger, disregarding personal space, and awkwardly breathes down Roger's neck. Do you mind? We're in the middle of something. Come back later. <clears throat> this is your replacement. I am Lord Arthur Westcombe of Cambridge, the first. He strikes what he believes to be a heroic pose while extending his hand towards Roger. Roger stares at him and then swats his hand away angrily. I would, I would prefer to call you knave woman stealer. That is no way to treat a man of such high stature. Please, I beg you, don't do this. Roger falls desperately to his knees. He clutches Henry and Arthur's hands pitifully. <laughs> To whom are your desperate pleas directed? To whomever they appear to be working on. <laughs> Henry rips away his hand in utter disgust. 
He wipes his hand on his pants to remove Roger's pathetic lower class germs from his hands. Roger turns hopefully to Arthur, who strangely has yet not pulled his hand away. I may be of noble birth, but that makes me no better than this fine, pitiful fellow, Henry. If he is, if is, if he is indeed so desperately in love with your daughter, I can see no way I could come between them. It worked. My begging worked. Roger hugs Arthur around the knees and kisses his hand in an expression of overdone gratitude. Arthur pulls his hand away quickly and wipes his hand on Roger's shoulder. Thank you, thank you, sir. Henrietta, a beautiful young woman with a good head on her shoulders, enters in the middle of Roger's groveling. Arthur's jaw drops as he witnesses her beauty for the first time. She turns to Roger. Roger rises to greet her. Roger, I'm so glad you're here. My father told me that I was never to be allowed to see you again. I know, he told me, but I promise that everything is going to be all right. Arthur shoves Roger out of the way. Hello, milady. Arthur grabs her hand and bows low. I am Lord Arthur Westcombe. Kisses her hand. The first. Henrietta, in shock at this gesture from this strange man, pulls her hand away and retreats to safety at Roger's side. Father, what is the meaning of this? My darling. This is your betrothed, Lord Arthur Westcombe. The first. My what? And I accept. Arthur throws his arm around Henrietta. You said you wouldn't come between us. That was before I saw the beautiful woman. Now that I have gazed upon her beauty with mine own eyes, I will make her mine. I'm afraid I don't follow your reasoning either. Well, you see, I was quite nervous. The urgency in which you contacted my father gave us the distinct impression that you were desperate for her betrothal because she lacked the beauty to attract a suitor herself. But now I see the problem was simply attracting the right one. Father, I do not want to marry this man. I love Roger. Henrietta, imagine the life this man could give you. You will never want. Besides, I cannot bear to be associated with the likes of him. I like being associated with the like of him. Sir, I can, I can take care of your daughter. I can provide for her. All I need for you to provide is your love. Henrietta lovingly takes Roger's hands. They stare deeply into one another's eyes. It's so cute, it's disgusting. That's just the kind of stupid couple they are. I almost feel terrible for tearing apart, tearing them apart after their moving display of affection. Then you will keep your word and stop meddling in our love? I said almost. I'm still going to marry her. <laughs> I am absolutely ecstatic. Please, give me a chance to prove to you that I can take care of your daughter just as good as he could. Give me time and you won't regret it. That I am absolutely sure of. I will most certainly regret it. Please, Father, do it for me. Henry cannot resist the pleas of his only daughter. Fine. Very well. Roger Milton, I give you one month. 
no more to prove to me that you can provide an adequate life for my daughter and rise from your pitiful existence. If you do not prove your ability, then on that day, my daughter will marry Lord Arthur Westcombe. The first. Very well, I, I accept your challenge. In one month's time, not only will I accomplish this task, I will have exceeded your expectations. What does he hope to achieve? And what field of expertise is this young man? Roger is a poet. Arthur could not contain his laughter at the ridiculous and juvenile notion of Roger. <laughs> That's so funny. You think that he could solidify his greatness in just one month? You could give him three lifetimes and it wouldn't be enough. Most aren't successful until they're dead. Who are you to determine my success? What have you done with your life that makes you so great? Me? I don't have to do anything. I come with my own money. No matter. I will succeed. With Henrietta as my muse, I will create the most beautiful of all poetry. No, no, no. If you think that I'm going to allow you anywhere near my home, you are out of your mind. Until you have accomplished your task, you are not welcome here. I will not have my daughter be a distraction. Mother, no! It's all right. I'll do this. For the both of us. I'll be back for you, I swear it. But a whole month! What am I going to do without you? My love, it will be but a day. Roger and Henrietta kiss passionately. All right, that is enough. As if he were prying two seagulls fighting over a french fry, he manages to pull them apart. 30 days. Arthur has suddenly come to a realization. I would remind you, it is the month of May. There are 31 days in this month. Fine. 31 days. And I do not want to see you anywhere near here until you have accomplished the task given to you. Henry becomes even more direct and even more serious. He speaks slowly and clearly. There is no way Roger can misunderstand him. Roger, do not make me regret giving you this opportunity. Arthur, have him removed from my home. Father, that is not fair. Oh, my darling daughter, it is about time you learn that fair is foul and foul is fair. I'll be back for you. Arthur grabs Roger roughly by the arm and drags him out. His feet make an annoying speaking sound as his heels drag on the floor. I love you! Hey, Roger what in heaven do you see in that boy? Eternity, never ending and unconditional love eternally intertwined together until the stars rain down from the heavens. Eternity? <laughs> I really hope he fails. Scene two, William Shakespeare, known now to many as the greatest playwright of all time, sits presently at his desk in a futile attempt to overcome a terrible case of writer's block. He is melancholy at his current lot. He balls up the piece of paper he was writing on and throws it on the floor with the others. There is a knock on the door. 
William crosses to the door and opens it. John Milton, Roger's father, debt collector and typical all-around embarrassing father, stands in the doorway. Hello? William slams the door abruptly in his face and returns to his desk. John tentatively opens the door. Was I not clear? Get out! I'm sorry for the intrusion, mister. John adjusts his glasses. He looks down at the parchment he is holding. Shakespeare? It's Shakespeare. Do you know who I am? John adjusts his glasses again and stares at him awkwardly more as a courtesy than anything else. John can be a little behind on the times. No. I don't believe that we've ever had the pleasure of crossing paths to Mr. Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare! William Shakespeare, the legendary playwright from Stratford-upon-Avon! Hmm. Doesn't ring a bell. My colleagues call me the Bard. Well, isn't that nice? You've never heard of me. Just as I've said before, I don't believe we've had the pleasure, Mr. Shakespeare. Shakespeare! William Shakespeare! You know... When you do this... Grabs John and shakes him. And the second part is a common weapon in battle. A long staff with a blade at the end. A spear. Shakes spear. John looks back at his paper. He adjusts his glasses again. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. My mistake. I, I have terrible vision. Yes, see? John motions to his glasses. It really is a terrible pun. He laughs at his own wit. Alone. <laughs> Uh, you see what I did there, because I, I can't see. Oh, my goodness. Good to start the day with a laugh, am I right? <laughs> what do you want? Oh, yes, uh, why I'm here. My name is John Milton, and I am here regarding some outstanding debts that you have accumulated. How splendid! This is just fantastic, exactly what I need right now. What are the damages? I am here as a representative to your debtor, Lord Arthur Westcombe. Arthur bursts through the door in grand fashion. The first. Uh, oh, would you look at that timing? Wow, just wow, splendid, my lord. <laughs> Thank you. He removes his cloak and throws it in John's face. You are the last man I wanted to see. John pulls the cloak away from his face. He folds it neatly. He has come because he would like to have a word with you. Do you really think that's a great idea? How many words could... He possibly know. He might strain himself too hard and have a stroke. <laughs> no need to worry, William. I seldom strain myself with words anymore. I've grown past that. Oh, wonderful for you. I'd hate to watch you suffer. I am here because of our previous agreement. You still owe me a great deal of money from your last production at the Globe Theatre. You... Are in substantial debt. Yes, I am very aware of my fiscal misfortune. Your, your what? Uh, money problems, my ah, lord? Yes, now, uh, it has been some time, and I feel now it is about time that you repay your debts, or there will be consequences. <laughs> what kind of consequences? I am going to possess your theater and throw you in prison. <laughs> you can't do that. My debts are your fault. You can't do this to me. 
Oh, it is not my fault. Your last several performances have been duds. Yes, it is. You remember this all started at the premiere of Twelfth Night. Oh, that monstrous play. You must admit, it was incredibly dull and hard to follow. Not unlike Macbeth. Blood. Gore. Political intrigue. Gore. Marvelous! Twelfth Night was a triumph. It was destined to go down in history as a groundbreaking theatrical achievement. Not by my standards. <laughs> your st your standards! Don't make me laugh! If I govern my writing and creations by your standards, we would revert back to the Romans feeding Christians to lions and gladiatorial conquests in the Colosseums. Do you not understand that I had a man playing a woman who was pretending to be a man? While this character was in love with a man, another woman fell in love with this woman believing she was a man and hilarity ensues. Do you see what I mean? You, Shakespeare, are quite daft. Uh, my lord, we are falling off track. With your permission, allow me to explain the terms you outlined. Yes, please do. What? Giving up so soon? I was just getting started. Mr. Shakespeare, <clears throat> Shakespeare please. Lord Westcombe demands payment, for <clears throat> demands payment for financing your last theatrical production, and after discussing the lapsed time since your last production till now, we have decided that it is fair to expect payment in one month's time. If you do not come forward with a required monetary sum, it will be taken out of your assets, namely the Globe Theater. You will never touch this theater. It is either that, or you will spend an, an amount of time in prison equal to your debt. Which is how long? Uh, Twelve years, seven months, and fifteen days. Damn, we really went all out on that last one. You asked. Very well. I will come up with the money. At the end of this month, I will premiere a play that will defy expectations. It will satisfy the masses and satisfy my debts. You have until the end of the month. Godspeed. Good. It better be good. I'll make sure to use small words. Easy to grasp onto. Arthur and William shake hands firmly. John and Arthur exit. Great! Now I actually have to write a play. Scene three. Roger is sitting sadly center stage. John enters. Son! There you are! How did it go? Do I behold an engaged man? Does this look like the face of an engaged man? <sighs> That's the face I made when I was betrothed oh, to your mother! Whoa. Lord Henslow will not permit our marriage unless I can prove to him that I can provide for Henrietta the same life and opportunity that Lord Westcombe can with my poetry. Well, my son, this I can tell you. There are many women in England. Father, I don't want just any woman in England. Well, I guess Scotland is an option as well. Father, I want Henrietta. Just think of it, son. It would be so much easier to settle for one within your own social class. You don't believe in me. That's, that's what this is all about. You don't think I can be a good poet. That's precisely what I think. Splendid. This is just wonderful. <laughs> My own father is an enemy to me. Son, it's not you. 
we are in the midst of a cultural renaissance. Everyone is an artist nowadays. Not even that Shakespeare guy can get a handle on the rigors of being an artist in these times. That and the plague. Shakespeare? Ponders a moment. Don't you mean Shakespeare, as in William Shakespeare, the bard? You see, I don't entirely understand what the fuss is about him. You know, what author I really enjoy? Sophocles. Talk about someone who could just do anything. And that tragedy, Oedipus the king, spoiler alert, married his own mother. Now that's what I call good writing. Father, Shakespeare, William Shakespeare. Did, did you meet him? Yeah, this Billy Shakespeare guy. Yeah, I met him. I just don't get the hype. I didn't really like him much. This is wonderful. Didn't you hear what I said? But don't you see? This solves everything. I cannot say that I do see. <laughs> Chuckles again because as we established earlier, he wears glasses and does not see well and therefore uses it as a source of terrible jokes. John composes himself and continues. <laughs> I must say, I'm quite confused. How does this solve anything? Shakespeare is the greatest poet of all time. His use of iambic pentameter, simply perfect. He'll help me prove myself. I know it. I don't think that's the best idea at the moment. He has some very pressing concerns of his own. A cause more worthy of my love? Love? No. Staying out of prison? Yes. Thank you, Father. I'm gonna go meet him straight away. If you could just point me in the right direction. He lives that way, but you should really reconsider. Wish me luck! Roger exits. Oh dear. I would have been better off with daughters. The poetic license would have been much more justified. Scene four, back with Shakespeare who is writing vigorously. Papers letter the floor from all of his rough drafts he has hated. Roger enters. Shakespeare? Shakespeare drops his pen and spins around to face Roger annoyed and a little angry. Can't a man have a moment alone to create a masterpiece? William studies Roger's face. Do I know you? You bear a striking resemblance to someone I insulted once. No, my name is Roger Milton. I don't believe I've ever had the honor of being offended by you before. Roger extends his hand to Shakespeare. William ignores his gesture. Milton, you say. Uh, any relation to a one John Milton? Yes, he's my father. Yes, I can see the resemblance. You are your father's son. You have the same uh, dazed and confused look on your face. William sits back down at his desk and attempts to return to his work, hoping in vain that Roger would just leave on his own. Thank you? If you don't mind, I must get back to my work. I have a very limited time to finish my play. I'd like very much not to go to prison. Show yourself out. I'm here because I need your help. I'm a writer. A writer? Wow! More of a poet, actually. Uh, congratulations! You did it! You and every other damn person in Europe. Now get out! Please, let me explain. <sighs> Make it quick. <clears throat> I am in love with the most beautiful of all women. Her name is the sounds of birds singing in spring. Her name is Henrietta. Alas, 
Her father has forbidden our love and betrothed her to a half-witted lord with barely enough brain cells to rub together. However, fortune has smiled on me. I have been granted the good fortune to prove myself. He doubts my ability, but with your help, I shall certainly triumph. The girl's father is right. You can't be serious. Of course I am. Look around. I am completely broke, not a penny to my name. Well, how is this possible? Uh, it's easier than you think. You write plays, you put on the show, no one comes, you make no money. You get the brilliant idea to borrow money. You can't pay it back, and what happens next? You guessed it, debt. But you're William Shakespeare. Even more baffling. What happened to you? I made the poor choice of performing my work for the upper class. I thought I'd make myself a, a modest fortune. The problem is they're all morons. None of them can handle a little mental stimulation. Why? Because each passing generation is dumber than the last. Then teach me what you know. You're the only one who can help me. No, no, there is nothing I can do for you. You're hopeless. Roger pulls out a stack of parchment. It is no small stack. It is his life's work. I wrote these. These are the feelings of my heart. Heaven's revelations to me of love and hope and all things good. He presses them into William's hands. Enough with the poetics. No one is watching. There has to be something good enough in, the, in here to be published or performed or, or something. All right. I'll teach you something. This is what we're going to do. He flips through the pages of parchment Roger has given to him. He nods once, a few hmms and ahs. He takes a few steps away from his desk to the fireplace. Looking back at Roger, he tosses the papers over his shoulder into the fire. <laughs> what have you done? That's my life's work! You're going to have to do better than that if you want to rise from your pathetic obscurity. Shakespeare, please, I do this in the name of love. What is with all of you people and your obsession with love? Either you can't get someone to fall in love with you, you can't find someone to love, or you hate how your love life turned out. Is it not better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all? Yes, but if you have loved and lost, then you wish you never lived at all. This is my future. What about Henrietta? She loves me. Would you allow a fair maiden to marry a man she doesn't love? He's rich. She'll be fine. Roger falls to his knees and grabs Shakespeare's ankles and begins to plead with much like he did with Arthur and Henry. If it kind of worked once, it might work again, right? <gasps> Please, Shakespeare! William rolls his eyes. He looks down at <laughs> Roger, half sympathetically, half extreme annoyance. He pulls Roger to his feet. Listen, listen here, Rupert. Roger. Do you have any clue what it's like being a writer? I've been doing it my whole life. But has it ever been your livelihood? No, I still live in my father's home. Have you ever considered the possibility of not ever breaking into my world, never leaving your mark? I thought I was good. My mother says This is the question you must be prepared to answer. Are you willing to slave over your parchment? Slave when there is no food, no money, no admiration. Slave when, because it is all that will feed your soul. I, that was three questions. You won't make it here. Do yourself a favor and go back home to mommy and daddy. 
Find something else to do with your life. I'm doing you a favor. Roger exits sadly. William sits back down at his desk. Crushing someone's spirit was difficult, even for him. Some of Roger's papers never made it into the fire. He stands up and gathers the survivors. Before he can add to them, he kindles his curiosity and it gets the better of him. He takes the now considerably smaller stack back to his desk. He begins to read. A smile spreads across William's face for the first time. He leaps to his feet. Genius! <laughs> Thank you, you magnificent bastard! He continues to read. Inspiration floods his brain. This, 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 this isn't enough. Damn, what was I thinking? I need more. He realizes what he must do. Oh, no. I have to talk to the idiot with Cupid's arrow lodged in his ass. Scene five. Roger is sitting despondently in the same place he sat in scene three. William enters. Ronald! It's Roger. I come bearing tidings of great joy. I have decided to become your mentor. No, you you were right, Mr. Shakespeare. I, I can't be a great writer. I should just stop wasting my time. Uh, no, no, I, I was wrong. You can be a great writer. You just need some good old-fashioned schooling from the master. <laughs> mean that? Let me wallow in misery and peace. <sighs> Roger begins to cry pathetically. <laughs> this, the, hey, uh, Ro this is very undignified. Get up. You're in public. People people can see you. Oh, yeah. Pull, <laughs> Pull yourself together, man. Slaps Roger. <laughs> Roger stops crying. Listen to me. I regretted everything I said to you the minute you left. Why? That, that is an excellent question. I just realized how terrible I treated you. I should have given you a real chance. I should have realized your potential through your passion before I threw everything in those hellish flames. So... You're saying that you think I am talented? Sure. And you're going to help me? Of course. Oh, thank you. Uh, William. William pushes him away. Don't touch me. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> so, I, I was thinking we could... Uh... No, 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 no. I, you don't think. I think. I'm the teacher. I will decide what we do. Very well. Where do we begin? From the beginning, of course. I mean, what is the beginning? We must identify your inspiration, your muse. What inspires your artistic vision? Oh, that's easy. It's uh, uh, Henrietta, the girl. I almost regret asking. All right, well, let's get started from there. Right now. I believe I was speaking the Queen's English. Get to it. I've never recited poetry on command before. Here we are, and I'm commanding it. Well, this is hard, if only I could see her. Why are you so obsessed with this woman? I've never been able to write without her before. Everything I've ever written has been in her presence. It's been this way since she and I were little children. <laughs> Surely you are joking. No. All right then, simple problems have simple solutions. Which way to Henrietta? We can't go there. Why is that? Her father forbids it. I am barred from her home. 
And who is enforcing this? Roger thinks for a moment. He realizes William's point. She lives this way. Scene six. They stand outside the walls of Henrietta's home. Now it's all a matter of getting you inside. You really think this is going to help me? It better, or this has been a complete waste of time and energy. <gasps> Look, there she is. Points upward towards Henrietta's window. See how she leans her cheek upon her hand. Oh, that I were a glove upon that hand that I might touch that cheek. Wow. <laughs> this might actually work. William turns to Roger. <clears throat> uh, what is it about that fair maiden that draws your attention? Oh, she doth teach the torches to burn bright. Has a nice ring to it. Help me get up there. What exactly do you have in mind? Let me stand on your shoulders and you can lift me over the wall, then I'll let myself in her window. Stand on my shoulders? Are, are you daft, man? I dare say I am. Daft for that woman. And you said you would help me. I thought that it would be less at my expense. It was implied. Now help me up there. Fine. The two struggle as Roger climbs up onto William's back. Up in her room, Henrietta is minding her own business, doing whatever it was women do in the Renaissance, when suddenly she hears the two struggling and shouting at each other. Watch where you are stepping! I'm sorry! Henrietta throws her window open and looks down. Ouch! You stepped on my eye! Hold still, I can almost reach it! Roger's head appears in Henrietta's window. Sure. what are you doing here? She pulls him into her room. I came to see you. I couldn't bear to be away from you any longer. Did you make it in there? Yes, I'll be down soon. Keep out of sight. Take your time. In the meantime, hopefully Vision will return to the eye that you so oafishly paraded on. Roger, we must be quiet. If my father discovers you, he may recant his promise to you. Then allow us to occupy our lips. They kiss. Ew. I'm so glad you came. I've been so worried. All is well, my love. This will be over soon. You should go. You should be working. Don't worry. There's been a turn of events in our favor. The great William Shakespeare has agreed to mentor me. I cannot fail. This is wonderful. How did you get him to agree to this? I'm at a loss, really. This seems very much out of sorts for him. It doesn't matter. As long as he helps us be together, I don't care how it happens. It is the East, and you, Henrietta, are the sun. William's face appears in the window now as well. That was quite good. You should make sure to write that down. Oh, my word. Is this him? Henrietta, this is the great William Shakespeare. Mr. Shakespeare. I am honored to be in your presence. The pleasure is all mine, my lady. William kisses Henrietta's hand, a true gentleman. Call me William. William turns to face Roger. Are you finished yet? Well, no. You kind of interrupted. How long does it take to greet one's beloved and then be on their way? It's been two days, William. <laughs> and if we don't get started, two days might become 12 years. Just. Give me a moment to say goodbye. Roger takes Henrietta's hands. Parting is such sweet sorrow. 
Not a moment will go by that you will not occupy my thoughts. I will count the minutes. Tick tock, time is running out. We'll be together again soon. I love you. They kiss. You two strike me as a couple that would take their own lives if they couldn't be together. There is a knock on the door. Someone is here. Hide. William and Roger scramble to find a hiding place. Just one moment, please. William and Roger find places behind the drapes. They hide just as Arthur enters, and as usual, with dramatic fashion. Milady, might I say you look exquisite this evening. He takes her hand to kiss it. She jerks it out of his hand. I most protest. Westcombe! They make eye contact as they both realize they both know him. There is no need for hostility. My lord, your intrusion is unwelcome. I was enjoying my privacy. If we are to be married, we must learn to enjoy one another's company. I will never marry you. Even if your precious Arthur does succeed, what makes you think your father will honor his promise? I always get what I want. My father is many things, but he is a man of his word. As for Roger, I assure you we will succeed. He will come for me. Nothing will stand in the way of our love. What on earth is wrong with you? You would choose that weak, penniless dolt over a man, a dashing man, in fact, that can give you anything the world has to offer. I only need his love. You are an ignorant woman. Roger angrily tries to attack Arthur in defense of his love's honor, but William holds him back. You are going to love me. He grabs her hand. Unhand me. She slaps Arthur. You may be blinded to my irresistible nature now, but in time you will re relent. I am every woman's dream. I will never love you. I love Roger. He will never succeed. You will marry me or die an old maid, old and wrinkly. No one will want to marry you then. We will succeed. William Shakespeare aids in his cause. William Shakespeare, don't make me laugh. Let's a single annoying laugh. <laughs> that fool has never and never will amount to anything. Whatever potential he came, he had came and went the day he was born. Better to have gone born with something none at all. Why you? Arthur begins to raise his hand as if he were about to strike her. However, William, in an act of actual dashing heroism, leaps from his hiding place and punches Arthur. He falls to the ground, out cold. Roger comes out of his hiding as well. Why didn't you let me do that? William straightens himself. You heard what he said about me. I couldn't let that go unanswered. Henrietta kisses William on the cheek. He turns quickly to make eye contact with her. He is touched by her small act of kindness. Thank you, William. William smiles, the first time we actually see him do so. At your service, my lady. He bows to her. We should be going before he wakes up. 
right you are. I'll take care of him. He's so stupid. I bet I could get him to forget this whole thing. Say your goodbyes, Roger. I, I don't want to have to knock him out again. His jaw is sharp enough to cut diamond. Ugh. William begins to climb out of the window. Roger follows. Good night. Good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow. He kisses Henrietta on the hand. Then I say good night till it be morrow. Disappears out the window. What your step? Sorry. Henrietta laughs to herself as they descend. Scene six, outside the Henslow home. What a night! How is it you know Lord Westcombe? That's the imbecile who produced my last play. He nearly ruined me. What happened? Well, I put on a rousing story of a Scotsman named Macbeth. It was full of murder, madness, betrayal, witches, war, and political intrigue. As you would imagine, Arthur fancied the blood and the fighting. He was so intrigued with my writing, he commissioned me to write another play. I wrote a brilliant story of a twin brother and sister separated after a shipwreck. Everyone confused them for one another. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was a different feel. It lacked the, uh, the blood and gore of Macbeth. I actually found twins to play the part, but Arthur hated it and shut down the production. It left me completely unable to repay him. That's terrible of him. I know. Now I owe him the money back or I will be imprisoned. <laughs> well, what are we going to do? What do you mean, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay him back? What? You're helping me. It's only right that I return the favor. This is the perfect way for me to express my gratitude, of course. No, 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 that, uh, that won't be necessary. I, I have it sorted. <laughs> nope, I insist. When you are done helping me, I promise to help you. Roger pauses a moment to think. Whatever I earn with my writing, I, I promise to give it all to you. It's the very least I can do. I don't know if it will be much, but it's yours either way. Roger stretches his hand out to William. Uh, deal. They shake hands. Wonderful. I'm going home. I'm going to need some rest if we're going to make this work. You'd better come ready tomorrow. Oh, I will. Roger exits. William, for the first time, finds himself somewhat conflicted. Scene seven, Shakespeare's study. A few days later, Shakespeare is writing at his desk. There are several pieces of paper on the table beside him. He has been transcribing Roger's work into his play. Roger enters. Good morrow, my friend. Isn't it a lovely day? William a good quickly mood. hides what he was working on. You're in a good mood today. Henrietta sent one of her servants to me to deliver this letter. He pulls it out of his pocket and clutches it to his chest. I feel so inspired. I hope that inspiration transferred to parchment. Uh, here, I wrote this this morning. Roger hands him a small bundle of parchment. William reads <clears throat> the rest. One fairer than my love. The all-seeing sun ne'er saw her match since the world first began. I must say, I, I am impressed. Keep up the good work. He places the paper on his desk. You really think it's good? Absolutely. Keep it up and all my problems will be solved. Your problems? Uh, uh, your problems are my problems. You know what I mean. Good. I want to get back to writing while it's still fresh. 
Have you heard anything back from the printing office? Oh, I'm going over later today to have a talk with them. <laughs> Thank you for all your help, William. William smiles at him as Roger exits. As he leaves, he drops the letter from Henrietta. Uh, Roger! Picks up the letter. You forgot. He begins to read the letter. Oh, Roger, Roger, wherefore art thou, Roger? Deny my father, forget my name. Or if thou wilt not, be but sworn, my love, and I will no longer be a Henslow. He clutches the letter to his heart. By the stars, they're, they're both poets. I knew I liked her. He runs over to his desk and pulls out what he was working on and goes back to work. Scene eight, Henrietta's room. Henry enters. Henrietta, what is the meaning of this? Father, I surely don't know what you mean. I just spoke with the servants and I was informed that you had sent one to deliver a letter to that wretched boy. You forbade nothing of the sort. Well, I am now. How could you be so childish? I am your father. Everything I do is for your own good. You are not doing this for me. You are doing this for yourself. The merging of our house and House of Westcombe will only benefit you. When will you understand? No, Father, it is you who does not understand. I just want you to be taken care of. I love you. I am an old man. Silence. Henry becomes weak at the knees and sits down slowly. Henrietta sits behind him. She places a hand gently on his shoulder. I won't always be there to care for you myself. The time will come that every father dreads that I must entrust your care to another. I promised your mother before she died you would always be taken care of. Father, Roger loves me the way you loved mother. You will always take care of me like you always took care of her. And I will take care of him. I know all will be right. That is not a chance I am willing to take. He kisses her forehead and he leaves. Henrietta begins to cry. Roger climbs in the window behind her. Henrietta, it's me. He notices her crying. Are you all right? Roger, I'm so glad you're here. They kiss. What's wrong, my love? My father found out about the letter I sent you. He has no compassion towards us. Everything is going to be all right. Roger, let's run away together. What? We'll leave and start a new life together. We don't need my father's approval. I, I can't do that. Why not? I gave my word to William I would help him. It, it wouldn't be right. This is about us. What kind of man would I be if I abandoned him after all he's done for me? Roger. This isn't just about William. This is about our integrity. Your father was honorable enough to give me a chance to prove myself. I, what would it say about me if I didn't honor our agreement, our arrangement? I am unworthy of you. I am nothing without you. They kiss again. I must be going. 
I'll try and come again soon. Roger ex exits out the window. Henrietta looks out to make sure he is really gone. She grabs a cloak and exits. Scene nine. A few hours later, Henrietta quietly enters William's study. His work has been left on his desk. She quickly gathers it up and begins to return to her home. On her way, she runs into Roger. Henrietta, what are you doing here? I know you're not going to like this, but I did it for your own good. She shoves the papers into Roger's hands. These are Shakespeare's things. Use them to help your work. I can't do this, Henrietta. It isn't right. Please, Roger, reconsider. We're running out of time. You don't believe in me. I do. You don't believe in me. That's why you're doing this. I do believe in you. I'm just trying to help. Not like this. He looks at the paper for the first time. Wait. These aren't Williams. These are mine. But different? What do you mean? No. He wouldn't. My problems, his problems? Realization. I am fortune's fool! What? What's wrong? I'll be back. Don't follow me. Roger exits. Roger! Scene 10. Shakespeare is in his study looking for his play. Roger enters. Uh, right now isn't the best time, Roger. I've, I've lost something. Looking for this. Roger you... throws the papers on the floor. Where did, where did you find that? How long have you been stealing from me? Were you just going to let me, let that stupid peacock take the woman I love from me? He was going to throw me in prison, you understand. You were willing to ruin my life? I am not the only one at fault here. What were you planning on using that for? I wasn't going to use them. Henrietta brought them to me. She was desperate. I take it back. I don't like her anymore. And you are no longer my friend. How would I compete with the great William Shakespeare? As soon as your play began, what would happen? It's a sad reality we live in, Roger. You are gonna pay for this, Shakespeare. Draws his sword. You can't be serious, Roger. I am serious. I will not fight an unarmed opponent. Draw your weapon. And in case you did not have one, I brought one extra. You should have just come in here and done away with me. Draws his own sword. Like a man would have. Roger slaps William. Silence, you cur! Did you just slap me? This ends now. Prepare yourself for your inevitable doom. I I'm so frightened. They duel and with excellent skill, dancing around the room. Henrietta enters. They continue to duel throughout the next several lines. Henrietta, I told you to stay away. I'm in the middle of a duel to take my revenge. Oh, then you stop this. Get thee to a nunnery. Don't talk to her like that. Don't tell me what to do. They both suddenly trip and fall towards Henrietta with their swords pointed at her. Blackout. Henrietta screams. Hey everybody, this is Patrick Carlisle, the writer of Starcrossed. Thank you so much for listening to part one. Tune in next week for part two.